You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTAP fans, it's time to get ready for Minor Talk with Adrian Brodus and Sal Montez. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Adieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso, celebrating 24 years of serving the Sun City and Legacy Wellness Center CBD. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lube Go Studios with your host, Adrian Brodes. All right, welcome in. It's Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. I'm Adrian Brodis. He's Sal Montes. We also have Angel Munoz, our fall intern here in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios, uh, which I'm thrilled about. Our fall intern sticking around, doing Minor Talk, learning how uh, to do the UTEP men's basketball game. And, oh, man, what a indoctrination right here. How about uh, watching UTEP go one for 24 from beyond the arc and seeing the, the, the Miners fall at home at the Haskins Center to UC Riverside. 52-40 is the final score. Sal, we'll bring you on to start things off. Uh, this is a tough one, man. This is a tough loss yeah. for the for the team right here. But, you know, the headline really is before going into tonight's game, we find out that they will be without Sule Boom. They will be without Christian Agnew. They are out because of COVID mm-hmm. protocols. So now we just have to ask ourselves when. When will UTEP get guys like Christian Agnew, Sule Boom back in the mix? Hope, uh, hopefully for UTEP's sake, it's before next Friday, which is uh, their home game against New Mexico State. Miners are now 3-2. and two. They'll turn around and take on Florida A&M on Wednesday. Going to be a tough task uh, for this team who could not yeah. shoot at all whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. Way too many shots, especially when they're not falling in. I, I literally think it got to the point where it just just throw it up because it has to fall sometime. I, I think that's really what was yeah. going on. But also, on the flip side, you definitely got to give credit to UC Riverside and their defense. They allowed the Miners to take those shots. They said, hey, you're not making them. We're going to continue to give you that space and see if you can make it. And looking at these numbers, Adrian, one for 24, it definitely worked out for uh, UC Riverside on that part. And uh, they just played a, a real, real physical style of basketball. The Miners, uh, for themselves on defense, did a solid job. I mean, you hold your opponent to 52 but, um, I mean, UC Riverside's job on defense was just uh, the Miners made it easier for him. Special thanks to Wind Supply El Paso and Keith Southwest for bringing our awards that we'll talk about later on on the show today. If you would like to give us a call, it's 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Wind Supply El Paso, funny enough, uh, was actually going back and forth with Renee out at Wind Supply El Paso mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yeah. And Sal, he texted into the show. He wanted us to, he, he told us, hey, let's put a halt on the hot hand of the game award today he didn't feel like the miners deserved it do you feel like anybody Whoa. deserved the hot hand award i don't think so and uh our, our great friends at wind supply unfortunately don't think so either but hey i'm with them i, I don't think anybody could have gotten this award <laughs> for hot hand i'll say this if there's anybody on the staff at wind supply who went to riverside high school we could give them the hot hand of there the you game. go yeah. i like it good stuff <laughs> sal um a lot of tweets to get to today the the fan base is definitely not happy at all. Oh my goodness, Sal. I mean, they're yeah. just really upset after this one. Um, we get it, right? UTEP loses in this one, 52-40. They, they didn't really show any semblance of having any sort of offense
sense of, uh, I guess, you know, urgency. Uh, they, they, it just was really tough for them to buy any sort of a basket. 15 for 57 from the floor. Again, 1 for 24 from three-point range. That's the highlight right there. And uh, after... 18 straight misses. They go 0 for 18. Jamal Bienemy hits a three-pointer, and then oh. they miss the next five. So they weren't able to do anything beyond that. Uh, from the th- they, couldn't, they couldn't do anything from beyond no, the arc yeah. throughout the game. And this makes you really think, this team relies so much on Sule Boom to become or to be their scorer. And for somebody to mm-hmm. say, oh, well, if Sule Boom has a bad night, this, this game right there, right here is alarming because it shows that UTEP has no other option. I disagree completely because I think what Sule Boom also does for you, Sal, is he creates opportunities for others. I mean, yeah. today, the the UC Riverside Highlanders, all they were doing was guarding the best players and really that UTEP had to offer, like Jamal Biennemi, Alfred Hollins, any of the scorers, Jamari Sibley. But, Sal, everybody tried yeah. to attempt stuff today, attempt anything, prayers that were just going up at the end of this one, and nothing was falling at all. Yeah, nothing was falling at all you hit it right there um and and to be real we've seen it both ways we've seen it where Sule is hot and everybody else is able to to kind of add on with with their own offense and we've also seen it where Sule has no choice but to go off and put up the amount of shots that he does so in all honesty I I can't really say where this team will be because of that uh because we know that Sule is going to show up in terms of being the volume guy but will he be efficient that night we're starting to see it a lot this year I think it's just that growth and also him really just putting the team on his back as the leader. Uh, but then second in line, we, you look at a guy like Jamal Biennemi, who's supposed to be that that second of the dynamic duo. And when Sule's not on the floor, <laughs> that's rare, right? When Sule's right. not on the floor and he's getting some rest, it's going to be JB carrying. And then also, same thing is reversed when uh, JB's on the bench. It's going to be Sule. But it's majority of that the the way the for this Miners offense, but I think tonight they just really didn't know where to go. And when I look at, at the roster or the guys who played today, uh, the one name that really sticks out to me is Keontae Kennedy. This is a guy who played every single second of this game. You know, a guy who's also battling a return from an injury, and he goes out and performs with a, a two-for-13 number, uh, two-for-four four from the free throw line. And also, too, the Miners, when they needed to hit their free throws in the second half near the end to really kind of, you know, keep them in it, um, they weren't able to do that. So it was just an off night for everybody, Adrian. Well, it's interesting. Let's talk about this game chronologically because at the beginning, I was I was all, you know, grinning ear to ear. I it was mean, a UTEP, Benjamin Button game. Yeah, seriously. UTEP trailed 5-2 to two early on. They go on a 6-0 run, which I was like, wow, how do you how do you <laughs> get on this 6-0 run with zero offense? I, you knew it from the get-go that they were going to struggle scoring. You just hope that the defense could keep them in in some kind of situation you hoped offensively they could just do enough and and that's the bottom line just do enough whatever it takes to try to win at the end uh by the way our number is 8805763 if you'd like to call us during this uh you know breakaway segment uh Titus was out right away the defense forced seven turnovers in the first seven minutes then they went on an 11 nothing run I thought they got a little comfortable offensively when I was like man when you get these turnovers you have to have capitalize on some scores I yeah. mean, in transition, whatever it may be. You just got to get 
some points on the board because buckets are going to really be hard to come by. They they led UTEP led thirteen to five. They built on that lead, led fifteen to nine. Then UC Riverside starts to cut it close. Uh, UTEP cannot get any shot to fall. They uh, it was seventeen to sixteen, and then at the end of the first half, UC Riverside went in with a twenty three to nineteen lead. You still felt like UTEP was in it, yeah. and you gave a lot of credit to the miners. Like wow, how it was exceptional that they were even in it in the first half because they couldn't get a single shot to fall. And then in the second half, uh, UC Riverside really started to break away. They led as much as eight points. Uh, they let, they built that lead. They led as much as 10 points. UTEP went through various stretches where they couldn't get a single bucket. They went through a seven-minute period in the second half where they had zero points. That was broken by Jamal Enemy's three-pointer. Then they had back-to-back buckets. It was a 39-36 game. But then uh, UC Riverside went on a 10 nothing run. They broke away 46-36. And that was pretty much it, Sal. I mean, it was deflating late in the game when U- yeah. UTEP couldn't hit a shot and UC Riverside kept scoring left and right. They led as much as 13 in this game. And that's that's how it finished off. Yeah, the Miners struggling to make a shot right there near the end. That's literally the, the game right there. Just the offense not being able to produce. Because we talked about this earlier uh, throughout various other minor talks saying this defense is going to play strong enough and well enough to keep them in the game. And they did that. But, I mean, when it comes to offense, they just didn't show up. However, I do have a a, a philosophy when it comes to, to sports, okay? And my thing is, I'll just stick with college basketball because, you know, I love analogies. I'll go on and on. But every team is due for a butt whooping once a year. Fair enough. Okay. And, and I think this was probably it. Um, I don't want to count the New Mexico State one because, <laughs> yeah, it got away from them, but they were still able to claw back in. And also, they're going to see him again later on this season. So on yeah. the third, which we'll we'll talk about later. But um, for this game, it was really just a, a butt whooping on the offensive end. Couldn't hit anything. Every team is due for one of those nights, one of those cold nights where nothing is falling. How are you going to respond? Now you know that you're not going to have Sule Boom, and you're also not going to have Christian Agnew. Two guys who bring you volume shooting, or one guy brings you volume shooting, and the other just brings you this tena- this tenacity when he's ever when he's on the floor. So how are they going to respond? What are they going to learn from when it comes to this game? Yeah, I don't know what they're going to learn bef- between now and Wednesday because it's a quick turnaround before Florida A and M, who is a bad team. I'm not sure if they win that game. I, I really don't know. This offensive effort today was really really tough to watch. Uh, I-, I just didn't like pretty much anything. I mean, you could pick uh, different players on this team. I just didn't like the collective group. Well, you know, it just looked bad. I'll tell you this, as as poorly as they played on offense, I didn't see any any lack of urgency on defense. Sure, down, yeah. Down Defensively the they keep they they'll keep yeah. them in the game. I'm with you on that, Sal. I, I mean, when we saw it, it was probably like maybe a minute left. But at that point we everybody knows that the game is out of reach and are you gonna expand yourself? Um, when you know that you got another game coming up in two days and this game is already out of reach. This is not a do-or-die game. Now, granted, you don't want to go out the way that you went out, but what I'm getting at is as ferocious as they played on defense, it may come down to it where it's just going to be can you wear out the other team with your style of play and you know snatch it out in the end. No, I'm, I hear you. I hear you on that, Sal. 880-5763, our telephone number. If you'd like to talk about it with us, UTEP falls to UC Riverside 52-40. to Let's go to Hunter, who's joining us first on the phone lines. Hunter, what's going on, my man? Yeah, how you guys doing tonight? Hanging in. Hunter, how about you, man? Well, not too bad. Was there at the game, of course. 
you know, uh, I'm not ready to hit the panic button. You know, I got a lot of faith in Joe Golding, and he 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 knows he knows what what the problem is, and he'll he'll address it. And I think even with a quick turnaround, uh, they'll 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 have a win on Wednesday. I got no doubt. Um, I'm with you. Hey, I'm first off. I'm with you completely on the panic button. I mean, we saw people on Twitter just crushing this team, and I was thinking, man, this is we're, we're only five games into the season. This is Joe Golding year one, and I really liked what he brought on the bench today. I, I I'm sure you saw that today, but I really liked what he brought today, yeah. just as far as a bench coach. I heard a lot of it. Um, sure, which is good. <laughs> you know, uh, and and he he's not happy with it. I mean, and I'm sure the players aren't happy with it. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, he didn't make some adjustments, and I'm thinking he's trying to teach some lessons come conference time. And uh, I, I think, you know, had this been a conference game or an important game, he might have handled it a little differently, but I think, I think he let his guys deal with some adversity a little longer than he normally would. You know what I mean? With, yeah. with the exception of uh, uh, Kalu, you know, I think he's got kind of a short leash on him right now because he's young, but, you know, he makes – one mistake, you know, he travels and he's right out of the game. And I think that guy needs some playing time to get this experience, especially when things are, are tough and going bad. That's where you learn the most and that's where you grow the most. So this team, this is a good time to grow. It's a good point in the season to grow. And uh, and it's a lesson learned. And, uh, you know, to me, the only disappointing things were, were some things I saw in Golding. But I think, you know, it's for a purpose. You know, one, one thing – that we kept saying, you know, that, that's one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen. And I, I've been going to the game since the mid-'80s. One of wow. the worst I've ever seen. Okay. And I've never seen anything like it. And that's, you know, Haskins had a team one time that I think four out of the five starters fouled out. And they went to overtime, and they still managed to score some points. So uh, there's no excuses with Boom and Agnew being out. But, uh, you know, some stuff I saw on the coaching side of things, you know, um, they they had a stretch where they had Sibley playing at the free throw line against that zone. You do need a, a guy there that can be decisive, that can score, and that can distribute, that's confident, and he's not it. And that's when they went on that large drought in the second half, and, and they'd get the ball in there where, where you need to get it to against the zone, and the guy couldn't make a decision. It's not his fault. That's not his thing. There was one clear one. And if real quick, Hunter, because I just want to stop you. This was a real good thing that you bring up. If there were, there was actually one point where the crowd like booed, like like in the middle of his uh, him trying to make a decision. Jamari Sibley, like he has the ball inside the paint, and the crowd's like erupting, like shoot the ball, and he totally fumbles it, and and a turnover ensued. That's on Golding. That that is not. You're putting Sibley in a position to fail, and that's a hundred percent on Golding. And, I, I mean, I don't know if you heard me because I only sit about 10 rows back from where you're at. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just yelling to get Hollins in the game because, yes, he's a defensive liability, but that's his strength. And when they faced the zone at Pacific, who had a great game? It was Hollins taking advantage of the weak spot in the zone, not Sibley. Sibley, I think, had a very good game defensively. He did some very nice things. Uh, he was interrupting some stuff. Great. But when they put Hollins in there is when they went on that little run. But they go on that run, they give, they give themselves an opportunity, and then they go back to shooting threes. And, they, you know, that's 23 possessions that they lost just from jacking up threes. So the, the only troubling thing is, is I'm at an opposing defense. I'm looking at it and saying, we're going zone, and it's a tight zone. We're packing the paint because no matter what, these guys aren't going to spread us out. And, and, you know, I thought as a coach, Hey, change something. 
you know, maybe speed up the tempo, try and get some points in transition, and he just let them fail all day. So he knows what he's doing. I'm thinking he did it to let him face some adversity to try and work through the hard times and just to build character for the uh, the conference season coming up. Uh, he's too good of a coach not to know any better. So uh, I, I wouldn't hit the uh, panic button yet, and I, I definitely expect a win for Wednesday. What about for Friday? Before we let you go, Hunter, what do you think about next Friday? Do they get the victory, assuming Sule Boom is back along with Christian Agnew? I don't think they win it, but if you know, they'll, they'll be back uh, by Wednesday. The, the team will be back by Wednesday. Uh, obviously, the, uh, those two players weren't, but they'll be improved over the team that we saw in Crucis. So it, it'll be a battle. It won't be easy either way. If they win it, it'll be barely, uh, you know, a, a sneak it out. Or if they lose it, it'll be a sneak it out win. But the good thing about, and we're not used to it because the last couple of years, the good thing about a well-coached team is they'll continue to improve. So this team, this is a learning experience. It's, an, it's a time for growth. It's a, it's a learning experience for Golding. With You know, he's learning what type of team he has. So they're all learning. And, and when, you, when you have a well-coached team, which I think UTEP does, they're going to continue to improve, and it's going to be harder and harder to beat these guys. All right, Hunter. Hey, appreciate it, man. Great to hear from you. Thanks. All right, Hunter, weighing in on, on Minor Talk here, 880-5763, telephone number to get into the program, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, and online, 600 ESPN El Paso.com. Hunter brings up some great points. Uh, I still, I'm still, um, you know, fully, fully in agreement with him as far as don't hit the panic button. Yeah. This, there's only five games into the season, Sal. So, yeah, I mean, UTEP is going to have multiple opportunities to bounce back. They're not at full strength right now without uh, Christian Agnew, Sule Boom. If you've missed any of Minor Talk or any of the broadcasts thus far, both those guys are in COVID-19 protocols. But, Sal, I, I expect yeah. this team to learn and get better. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, and I like what he said. He said he's too good of a coach to not know any better. And you got to have your guys learn some things that you can't afford to be learning when it matters the most. You, you want to get – you want to nip everything in the bud right away. Now, one thing that we had talked about – I don't know which minor talk this was, but, um, you know, things were going good. They had lost to the Yaggies, and I think they bounced back with the win. And um, we, we were saying, where are we going to see – a, a true coach golding type team and it was going to be after or i said it would be after one of uh one of the tough times one of the tough losses i think this could play a, a a big big part in the upcoming games and also as hunter said in conference play but um this n- this next stretch is really where we're going to find out what this team is made of especially this next game because you don't have your top two players or you don't have your top player and uh, your top six men and if you uh, if you've been waiting to get into the show, now is the time to do it. Nine one five eight eight zero five seven six three. That's the telephone number. Let's go to Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to today. Uh, first off, Herman Flores tweets us: At least UTEP scored two more points than the football team. I like it. Uh, Misael at wearing one tweets us: Please talk about the embarrassment that is our basketball student section. Yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, sorry, students. I mean, you guys are not showing up to these games. Students? It's it's bad. It's real bad. Students? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is, is I start seeing young. Like, if you really look into the crowd, you start seeing young people like here and there. They're just not sitting in the student section, so maybe they're getting in for free. They're just sitting <laughs> elsewhere. Like they're they're bringing yeah. in family. They're going in with family. They're just the free ticket add on instead yeah. of actually buying that ticket. And then, that's what I'm seeing. And then with so many seats available, and I'm guessing in the student section, probably the the best seats in the student section, the lower ones were probably already taken, or they wanted some space to themselves. 
themselves. Uh, if, if there's so many seats open and nobody's really governing it, uh, which I, I really don't have an opinion on. I mean, hey, if it's there, it's there, right? But, I mean, if there's a better vantage point and they have more people with them, I mean, you know. I would rather I would rather just the minor diehards go into the student section and fill that up, so then you get, actually get some bodies there while pe- the opposition <laughs> is attempting free throws. So all, all the noise coming from one section. <laughs> exactly. Um, Leo underscore minor fan tweets us. I am one of the people, but the last game I was kind of okay with it because Joe Golding's defense makes me feel better about it. And honestly, mm-hmm. not under the defenses of Rodney Terry. I would not like it as much with Golding's defense. I can deal with it better. Hashtag minor talk. I guess he's talking about the loss there. Um, and <laughs> and at nine stay up just tweets us a uh, a really funny gif of of somebody just l- looking disgusted and i'm sure that that's just probably after this loss uh at sad utep this guy tweets us minor defense a plus minor offense a complete dumpster fire hands down the worst performance i have ever seen a minor team put up on offense King Eric tweets the show, I don't know what to say. There isn't any excuse you could say for this game. It doesn't help if the defense plays good and the offense can't buy a bucket. It goes to show that this team does need Suli. Yeah, but you know what, though? I'm going to say that this isn't even the worst Miners offensive performance that we've seen in some time. Uh, I, I can tell you you're exactly right on that, Sal, and I, I you know pulled it I'm up. Going? Okay, All throw right. it up, throw it up. So the score was, this was on the road. To be fair. At North Texas? At North Texas, 63 to 33. 33. What was the score at half? Hold on. I got to see this. Okay. While you look that up, Sal, I'm going to say this. Even before that, in 2018. So that was last year. So you're referencing the North Texas road trip for UTEP men's basketball. They score only 33 points. That was an awful, awful offensive effort. Uh, The other one that I can remember at Old Dominion, still under Rodney Terry, and they only put up 33 points. Oh, wow. Tying. There we go. No, but in all seriousness, matter of fact, let's play Battle of the Half. Do you have the box score for that one? No. I, I Well, let me find it. Okay, while you look for that, I'm going to reel off the, the numbers for the 33-point the performance against North Texas. About a year and change, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a year coming up soon. But it was 15 points in the first half and 18 points in the second half. Now for that Old Dominion one. All right, this one's worse, if you can imagine. Old Dominion, the Monarchs, back on February 17th, 2018, they defeated the Fighting UTEP Miners uh, 82 to 33. 82 to 33. That's right. They beat them. So, first half, it was pretty bad. It was 32 14. Okay, things got out of hand. But Old Dominion outscores UTEP in the second half 50 to 19. Ooh, that's a tough one there. So they score one more point in the second half of that game, but they allow like twenty something more. Whew. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough right there. Eight eight zero five seven six three telephone number to get into the program. The fewest points since nineteen fifty that UTEP has ever scored was twenty seven points at Wyoming in nineteen seventy nine. That was February seventeenth of nineteen seventy nine, and they scored just twenty seven points in this one. UTEP scoring forty points today. Ties for the 11th fewest points since 1950. That includes 
at Oklahoma State back on December fifth, nineteen fifty-five, when they scored just forty-five. Uh, excuse me, when they scored just forty points against the Cowboys, and then they scored just forty points against Arizona on the road in nineteen sixty-four. That was December twenty-third. So UTEP ties the program's eleventh uh, uh, all-time fewest points since nineteen fifty with their their scoring effort of just forty points today. So yeah, tough one. Uh, let's go to Twitter real quick. King Eric, actually, Jonathan Byers tweets us, UTEP's game plan, number one, shoot the three. Number two, play lights out defense. Number three, look at number one. Uh, yeah, they just kept there. jacking that. They kept jacking that three yeah, ball. Yeah, okay, I'll throw, I'll throw this out to you because you look at where the game was at, how, how tight it was, and, you know, a couple of plays here and there, the minors start to pull away. We probably saw about... I want to say maybe five or six kind of rattle in or not rattle in, but rattle and then just pop out. Yeah. So, I mean, you're almost there. You make a couple of those shots. I mean, you would still be under 20 percent. Don't get me wrong, but you make a couple more of those. And I mean, it could be a completely different ball game too. So they're saying, hey, or hypothetical scenario. Hey, they're saying, oh, man, that one almost went in. Let me jack it up. If this one falls in, only down by three, only down by four, whatever the case is, and, you know, it could be a completely different game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you're right because, it, I mean, three or four or five of these go in, you're talking about all different, something completely different that could have happened at the, the end of this one. The miners have 51. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds so simple to say, yeah. but they everybody's wondering, why do you keep shooting the three? Why do you keep yeah. doing that? It's it's the philosophy. Shoot till you, don't, till you miss or, like, shoot – uh, when you miss, shoot till you make. I guess at that point, yeah. so you could try, so you could finally, eventually get to that point where you get, um, you know, over the hump and finally make some threes. So they're zero for eighteen, and people are super frustrated. Like every three point shot that goes up, the the crowd just gives this oh, like collective ah, oh, you yeah. know. And it's it's this, it's kind of like everybody's looking around and trying to find out some answers. The problem was that nothing went in, and if you you talk about a couple shots going in here and there. Sure, I'm with you on that. But the bottom line is uh, they didn't. And also, that's where college basketball is. If you can't shoot mm-hmm. the three ball, everybody shoots the three ball. But if you can't shoot it, it really hurts your team. And and we haven't seen a UTEP team shoot the three-point ball efficiently for a while. I mean, it's been a while since they've done it. Yeah, and that's literally the story of the game because just looking at the box score and – that's really the only thing they didn't do well. I mean, they were better from the free throw line, nine for fourteen, as opposed to um, as opposed to eight for seventeen from Riverside. And then you look at the turnovers; they had six less turnovers as well. They had one less steal, but I mean, seven and eight, not bad. But still, though, they were able to force six more turnovers. So this game really just comes all back to uh, them not being able to hit three pointers. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one, Sal. Back to Twitter real quick. Uh, this coming from Sleepy Kev, shooting 26 percent while being one for 24 from three point land. You don't win games shooting those numbers. Hashtag minor talk. Yep, I'm with you oh, there, yeah. Kev. Uh, next up, coming on Twitter, it's Ying Yang Samurai. Our guy i've come to expect this from fans anytime either the football or basketball teams don't win every game they're supposed to tonight is no exception and that is uh that is um 
uh, a chaos grenade meme that Ying Yang Samurai tweets us. Steve on Wrestler tweets the show, they were chucking up threes like drunks playing beer pong. I'm all for trying to get a three, but that was atrocious. Hashtag minor talk. Yeah, man, the, the three-point shot was just not there. I'm with you. Uh, Todd Keeling tweets us, a Terry-led offense could crack a zone easily. UTEP looked like the Celtics versus the Heat in the bubble. Hashtag minor talk. Um... Uh, yeah, they just couldn't break that zone. And I, I was talking to some, some people around the team um, ahead of this season, just asking them what they thought of zone and and how they've gone up against it. Yeah, that that's something that I, I just can't find. I mean, I that mm. uh, they just haven't gotten that scoring when they're trying to break the zone. Maybe it's Jamari Sibley or Alfred Hollins, like Hunter was mentioning, but yeah. they need that true guy to well, score down low. Well, a Terry-led offense had this guy called Bryson Williams. Exactly. Case closed. <laughs> a zone breaker in the name alone. Don't take him for granted. That's right. Leo underscore minor fan tweets us, I'm guilty. I'm also not young, but I'm guilty of not sitting in my seat. LOL. And yes, Adrian, I will do that. Hashtag student section writer, even though I'm older. If the students will not fill it, I will. There we go. Hey, somebody has to do it. Why not Leo? I'm with that. Um, next up is Oscar at Oscar Junior 915. He tweets us, you have a team we know that has issue creating points and doesn't have size. They've shown this. This is the game plan in other games. Why would they change now? I welcome a consistent game plan when establishing offense early in the season. Eh, okay, it, I, I hear what he's saying. You know what? Speaking of size, the Miners did get out rebounded by four, but it was 39 to 35, and I don't want to, I don't want to harp too too much on that as as a negative, despite the them being four less. But when you look at the number of shots that they put up, and for UC Riverside to only out rebound them by four. I mean, hey, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad at that category right there. Nine one five Sun City tweets us at City nine one five. I'm mystified how Bienemy Verhoeven and and blank. I, he didn't put another one. Are unable to produce some type of offense. Huge letdowns. Uh, I will say. Verhoeven has been a non-factor offensively early on into the season. Six points today, two of six shooting. Couldn't get really comfortable in this one. Didn't like the body language uh, that he showed today. Although he had six rebounds and was really the only one doing anything inside for the, off the glass for UTEP in this one. But I, I still go back to Titus, and he plays in 20 minutes, but... I'll be honest with you. This coaching staff had tough points where they were struggling to even get him in the game. And by the time they needed him in, they just weren't getting the valuable yeah. minutes from Titus that they, they wanted to. You called this last game. You said that Verhoeven showed signs of inconsistencies that you didn't like, Sal. And uh, in this one, he's a non-factor. Unfortunately for Titus, who's a great guy, a good senior leader for this team, uh, he just hasn't been able to put it together this year, both on the offensive side. Defensively, he's doing it. He's he's getting things done, um, but I don't know if he's warranting the minutes that, that he's been getting right now. They just got to find something for him. Uh, but one thing I do want to give him credit for, late in the game when the Miners needed some uh, some points and they also needed some free throws, who was able to get that, that yeah. bucket in the paint? It was Titus. Who was able to hit his free throws just to give his team, you know, a, a, a distance reach, but at least a reach nonetheless in the game. It was Titus. He was able to hit his free throws. So, I mean, when he went in the game late, um, he did it when it mattered the most. 
for Jamal Bienemy, I'm going to give him excuses because I felt like in some points of this game, he was a dog. Like He was the only one doing anything. He was dishing out the assists. He was trying to score. I know some of them were, were real forceful. Like His yeah. shot selection was just not there. Uh, you know, when we're, and we're kind of skipping ahead, but when we're talking player of the game, I mean, just from a tenacity standpoint, I felt like Jamal Bienemy, even every time he came to the bench, he was just tr- so fired up. He felt mm-hmm. like they were going to be in this game and trying to win it. Uh, played 39 minutes and 20 seconds, so played virtually all of this game. He just he just didn't have it when it came to the scoring effort that re- UTEP really needed in this one. He just did not have the efficiency that UTEP needed in order to try to win. Uh, Ryan Vidalis tweets the show, Good Lord, seriously, this is such a poor shooting game that you can't win games like this. Uh, yeah, get in line, man. We're, we're with you. Uh, Tortuga at Tortuga EP. Not really sure why I like this tweet, but yeah, ugh, in, in terms of zero points in five minutes for UTEP. Uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, Locomotive Miner tweets us, where does tonight rank in the program's history? Believe me, Lugal, I've been looking for this one as soon as I got here to the Lubingo Studios. I cannot find it. I'm going to have to do some big-time digging after this one to try to find, um, you know, just... Just uh, go back and start looking at the the game logs and start start to see this. So, uh, yeah, most definitely, I appreciate that tweet. We'll try to get on that. We'll try to see what, and we'll ask the people at UTEP and see if uh, they'll give us that answer. So, I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number to get into the show. Six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. If you're just joining us right now, UTEP drops this one fifty two to forty. No Sule Boom. No Christian Agnew. It's not any kind of um, you know people were wondering is this uh, is this like a performance related is this related to any kind of disciplinary issues no it's covid related and unfortunately uh covid has not left um you know the united states and uh mm-hmm. they are they are dealing with it here at utep as far as a uh i guess protocols that they're having to go through so christian agnew sule boom they're both out for the next game they were out for this game uh for utep's sake they're hoping to get them back by next wednesday or thursday but that is all uh, dependent on getting back negative uh covid tests when we're talking about you know being tested down the line 8805763 is our telephone number we're presented by the oscar arieta agency we're going to take a time out right now when we come back more tweets to get to stay with us minor talk continues right here on 600 espn el paso it's time to believe in el paso i'm matt keats from keats southwest our family opened keats manufacturing in wheeling illinois in 1958 in 1994 we opened keats southwest a trusted partner in manufacturing small metal stampings wire forms and assemblies and today we deliver the best precision metal components for business throughout the world all made here in el paso keats southwest strong in el paso and El Paso Strong. Learn more about Keats Southwest at KeatsSW.com. Words like history and tradition are used to describe the UTEP basketball team. With roots in El Paso, the Oscar Arietta Agency is built on these principles too. At the Oscar Arietta Agency, we are proud El Pasoans. With a trusted history for over 24 years in our community, trust us for your home, auto, or life insurance needs. Request a free proposal today at OscarArietaAgency.com. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens, the official insurance agent of the UTEP Miners. 
Go Miners! Longhorn Distributing is where the pros shop for their cleaning and detail supplies and cleaning equipment for over 27 years. Howdy, Lauren Hodges, owner of Longhorn Distributing, inviting you to our store at 5516 East Paisano, just two blocks south of I-10, to see the wide variety of products on display. Most of our chemicals are concentrated, so you can adjust to your need and make the product and your money go farther. Check out our Hotsey pressure washers as well and other cleaning equipment, all on display at Longhorn Horn Distributing in the middle of El Paso. Wind Supply El Paso is proud to team up with Champion Heating and Cooling to deliver the most unrivaled reliability, energy efficiency, and superior comfort you can count on. Wind Supply El Paso is the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling equipment for your home or business. If you own a home building or HVAC company, you need a reliable AC and furnace supply store. For more information on Champion Equipment and an authorized dealer, contact us at 915-859-3817 and online at windsupplyelpaso.com. Experience unique flavors at Taco Avocat. First, start with a signature hand-rolled taco. Choose between chicken, pork, ground beef, southwest chicken, or brisket tacos. Plus, vegan tacos are available. Potato, avocado, or bean tacos. Then choose your chips. Sweet potato, regular potato chips, or tostadas. Finally, choose a signature dip. Homemade queso, fresh guac, creamy buffalo, or sour cream. Taco Bell, the options. All at Taco Avocat. 2114 North Zaragoza. Taco Avocat. Eat good for you fast food. No gluten and no sugar. Order online, tacoavocat.com. Download the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app now. Get all the latest in UTEP sports, UTEP athletic interviews, ESPN programming, and more. Touchdown! It's free, thanks to United Bank. Think fast. In less than 30 seconds, a small flame can become a big fire. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and practice an escape plan for you and your loved ones. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov because fire is everyone's fight. Minor Talk is live, 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter is where you can also find us or 600ESPNElPaso.com. We're talking UTEP hoops right now, and if you'd like to weigh in, this is the time to do it at 880-5763. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency, and a big shout-out to the great people at the Oscar Arieta Agency. In fact, I was courtside today watching the UTEP men's basketball team and uh, I saw Oscar and uh, after the game he stopped me and he said Adrian what do they shoot for from beyond three-point range and I said one for 24 and he just said oh man it's a tough one but hey it's never a tough one when you're dealing with the great people at the Oscar Eddie at the agency seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens look no one wants to deal with the tough parts of insurance no one wants to deal with the headaches of switching policies at the Oscar Eddie at the agency they make things easy seven locations 
All you have to do is go online, OscarArietteAgency.com, and they'll help you with a free, no-obligation proposal and get you started today. Uh, later on in the show, we'll give some awards out. Win Supply El Paso, they bring us our hot hand of the game after every UTEP game, along with Keith Southwest, who bring us our player of the game after every Minor Talk broadcast. But I, I do want to mention, Renee from Win Supply El Paso, he, twi- he texted into the show saying, Hey guys, uh, let's uh, let's forego the uh, Win Supply El Paso Hot Hand of the Game Award. This is the first time this has happened on Minor Talk, and a big shout out to Renee, who we were going on Twitter, we were just kind of talking to each other on social media today about this game. But man, it was a tough one for uh, you know this UTEP team who shot one for twenty five from beyond the arc, and then from the floor today, fifteen for fifty seven. Just couldn't get things done. Keep everyone warm, comfortable, and toasty this winter with a new champion furnace from Wind Supply El Paso. To locate your nearest champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. Back to Twitter. Let's go check out some tweets. First off, it's JB, Jonathan Byers. Is Titus Verhoeven ever comfortable on offense? Huh? I mean, good question right there. And then he follows it up. You can win games where you don't have to shoot lights out, but you have to attack the paint and then resume shooting the three ball later in the game. Players need to have the awareness to switch up their game when their plan A isn't working. Um, I would say this. Plan A was not necessarily to do this. Plan A was to have Sule Boom in the mix, and they found out that he would not be in the mix only earlier today. So they, they find out this news uh, basically, you know, the day of a big game like uh, like the experience against UC Riverside. I'm curious to see how Joe Golding will approach the Florida A&M game now that things are, are kind of switching up and things are changing, and they understand that they just couldn't get it done offensively in this one. They'll have to figure out how to do it offensively against Florida A&M. I think they'll have a chance to do something like that uh, the next game. Rip City Trades tweets us, it's only a few nights in. Nights like this will help it happen. It's early. It's not the end of the world. Miners will be fine. A learning slash teaching experience. Hashtag Miner Talk. And then Leo underscore Miner Fan tweets us, I don't get it either. The defense is getting better as the season goes. Let's see if this offense can. This hashtag the sky is not falling. Not yet anyway. Yeah, I mean, guys, this is five games into the Joe Golding era, and some people are ready for this whole program to be axed, and, you know, they, they <laughs> just want to be uh, totally done with this team already. I, I just know this fan base is so interesting to me, but it, it's always consistent, so I can always, you know, count on them for their consistency of, hey, when things go great, everybody wants to drink the Kool-Aid. When things go <laughs> south, Everybody clicks that panic panic button, and uh, that's just, uh, I guess, uh, the roller coaster journey of being a minor fan, right? Yeah, I mean, they care a lot. They want this team to succeed. So when they lose a game that they feel uh, that the Miners should win, or when the Miners lose a game that the fans feel that the Miners should win, whew, um, you know, they, they feel a certain way. And I understand it because they're passionate. They desperately want something Adrian and that is to go back to the tournament and also to get a win in the tournament so any little glimpse like this just kind of detours um it it has to put their their hopes on delay not saying that it's going to happen this year of course but I mean 
games like this, you know, just put a hurt into the fans. No, it really does. I, I totally agree with you on that. 880-5763, telephone number to get in. And let's not talk about UC Riverside like they were some easy team that you could blow past. The Highlanders, they were the same team that beat Arizona State on the road 66-65, albeit on a buzzer beater. But they're a team that's pretty strong out of the Big West. And they're they're right now 4-2 and two overall. They uh, had losses to San Diego and San Diego State this year so far. But you can see why they can hang with teams. They they live and die by the three-pointer. And in this game, you know, I, I get it. UTEP had a, a really good defensive effort in this one. But they still made six three-pointers. And that really helped them in a big way. Dominic Pickett hit three three-pointers in this one had 11 points and he was a big contributor for them in this one jp mormon the second uh had 14 points in this one to lead uc riverside but i I think they're a pretty stout team that's a tough opponent that utep went against today and uh, i think that will only make the miners better moving forward the way that they were able to get as much film as they did today and uh we'll see what they they're able to do against florida a&m it's so early into the season it's also tough to even you know grade some of these current players that are on UTEP's roster. I mean, how how are you going to judge this game from Jamari Sibley when we saw 25 minutes from him? I got to double check, but I think that's his uh, career high in terms of minutes for UTEP, but has four points in this one. He fills up the stat sheet with three rebounds, three turnovers, uh, and then doesn't do as much, um, you know, in the the box score when it comes to the defense, although he had some good defensive plays. But how do we really gauge his game? Do we credit him for, you know, the, the good effort effort that he had or this is a tough one the point is this is a tough one to gauge anybody's effort from and uh, I don't really think anybody earned or lost minutes from this one yeah I mean it's just one of those games that just put in the rearview mirror you study the film figure out where you could be at in certain spots and in certain situations other than that what do you really make of this game yeah yeah it's tough and and also let's say they hypothetically they steamroll past uh Florida A&M and they're feeling really good going into the next game after that. All is going to be forgiven. All, all will be at that point. You're definitely right. Uh, Emmanuel White gets the start today. Eight minutes today in starting effort. Couldn't get a shot going. Uh, 0 for 2 from the floor. He had three rebounds today, which, by the way, the guards, this, that's become a trend for this team. All the guards are able to snag rebounds, which is nice to see. Uh, Jamal Bienemy had five rebounds today. Five of 15 for JB. He had 11 points to lead the Miners, four assists, and two turnovers, along with one steal. Uh, Jarrell Satterfield, if we we had to pick a hot hand of the game in 26 minutes of action, uh, who played a lot today, by the way. Jarrell Satterfield, tw- two of seven uh, from the floor today. He had four total points, four fouls, but he had three steals. I really liked his scoop and score, the one that he had, the steal and score. Uh, Jarrell Satterfield, he's somebody right now who could earn minutes. We just talked about how many minutes these guys could really gain from an effort like tonight. Jarrell Satterfield played his way into maybe earning some more minutes off the bench. Yeah, I like that, especially with the uh, with the intensity that he showed at spurts. And when there are games down the road, kind of like today in the sense of um, it's a defensive battle, you need somebody who's physical, I think he offers that. So 
if there's a lot of games within that 55 to 60 point threshold, you know, near the end, he might see himself on that floor because he offers that that intensity. Hey, he played more than Alfred Hollins today, the Oregon State transfer who had 20 minutes off the bench, one of four from the floor today. Uh, couldn't really get anything going. Let's be honest with Alfred Hollins. He just didn't have the opportunities whenever he played. He just kind of played a little sparingly and couldn't get things done on defense. So uh, that's pretty much why he sat. But eh, I like I like guys like Sibley. I like guys like Hollins. I think they'll get better as the season moves on. And uh, for Bonky Maring in this one, he had 10 minutes off the bench, one of four. He attempted three three-pointers, Sal. This guy's 6'10". He's the tallest player. He attempts a trio of three-pointers in just 10 minutes of action. I mean, hey, that was the name of the game. Put it up and see if it goes in. Honestly, all I'm getting from this game is it's within reach. Try to make a couple plays. That's what guys try to do. But it didn't work, and it kind of makes you wonder, hey, if it's not falling, what if he just attacked the rim? Yeah, they may be maybe packing the paint a bit, but we saw the refs blowing their whistles for a good portion of the game. I, I mean, for for terrible calls, too, both sides. I, I agree. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's oh, UTEP got screwed by the refs. That's not the case at all. There were, there were terrible calls on both sides. If, if You're going to you, like this one. If you breathed on a guy while you were in the stands and – somebody else is in the parking lot oh you're getting the technical in this kind of game so i mean just be aggressive and i think that's what this team needs to do they're an athletic bunch be aggressive what was the big one that we were talking about last year where bryson williams stepped out of bounds that was a kansas game right that was where, where and the refs mm. said that he was out of bounds but he was clearly not out of bounds it, it might have been uh, but I have a feeling it was probably a closed conference. No, game. I think it was Kansas. I think I think that was one of the baseline. You know what? It's on Twitter. Let yeah, me see. you you do some research there, Sal. Point is, uh, I was at the oh, bench and there was a really yeah. there was a really bad call that happened today. And when I was watching it and just kind of seeing what kind of call that was, uh, one of the <laughs> one of the men's basketball managers he turns around and looks at me and he says, "That's the same ref." who called uh, <laughs> Bryson Williams out of bounds when he wasn't. And I was just trying to think of that game. I want to say it was Kansas, but I might be wrong on that one. But essentially, you know, they were they were really trying to harp on just uh, the, the poor officiating in this one. You know me, I'm not a big guy who likes to blame the fouls, uh, you know, on either side. I thought when UTEP had some sort of momentum and things were moving real fast, the refs would blow a whistle to kind of slow the game. I mean, I, that's just me. I just thought they were kind of slowing it down a little bit when things were getting uh, real intense and UTEP fans were on their feet and they were super excited. But, yeah, that that's one I, of those. I found it. I just can't make this – I can't make this out, Let me see man. the picture. I'll, I, I can tell you if it's Allen Fieldhouse. That's it, Allen Fieldhouse. That's for sure Allen Fieldhouse. Yep, that's the Kansas Jayhawks right there. That's right. Yep, that's wow. it. That's the one. So the same refs that called Bryson Williams out of bounds when he was clearly inbounds no. in that Kansas game, they were here tonight in El Paso. No, well, it might not have been. Was that game in Frisco, Texas? No, of course not. It says Frisco, Texas, March 10th. Oh, so was that the, the conference tournament? So we're talking CUSA tourney. One of our one of our listeners is going to hear us. This is bad radio. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I think now you're now you're talking. If that's Frisco, then we're talking first round of the uh, the college. Bat- I mean the the conference tournament. Allen Fieldhouse in Frisco. Oh my goodness! It's a it's a long. <laughs> that's night. what kind it's of Monday. night it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hear you, Sal. 880-5763, telephone number to get into the program. It could have been Florida Atlantic. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, definitely could have been Florida like Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Florida Atlantic is who UTEP lost to in the first round of last year's Conference USA tournament. They lost 76-70. to uh, 70. And, yeah, that definitely could have been it right there. Um, 8805763, telephone number to get in. Back to Twitter. Leo underscore minor fan tweets us, a friend and me were talking a month ago, and we just decided the fan base is hashtag fickle, LOL, hashtag minor talk. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting fan base for sure. But the diehards are there, and the diehards are active, and they're they uh, are always uh, there and and very supportive of this team, win or lose. So big credit to the the minor diehard fan base. UTEP takes on Florida A and M on Wednesday. This is a key game for the men's basketball team as they try to bounce back after this loss. They're without Sule Boom. They're without Christian Agnew. This is going to be an interesting one. It tips off seven o'clock as part of the Golden Turkey Classic, and uh, for this. This one, the Miners are going to have to try to beat a Florida A&M team who plays in the Missouri Valley Conference. Let's check their their, their uh, schedule thus far and see if they played today. No, uh, Florida A&M is one and two overall. They just recently lost eighty six to fifty nine against uh, Miami. Yeah, that's right. The U University of Miami beat them eighty six. 59. Um, their only win of the year came against Lemayne Owen College when they beat them 95-70, and then they lost to Kansas State 67-57. to In that game right there, if you're wondering, uh, because some people, you know, here in El Paso, they keep uh, they keep close a close eye on Kansas State because of former minor Casey Eziagu. He did start in that game against Florida A&M. He had 18 minutes in starting effort. Uh, he had five rebounds and seven points, uh, Casey Eziagu, as far as a check-in for Kansas State. But they're not playing Kansas State. They're playing Florida A&M. And uh, that's the team, the Rattlers, who will come to El Paso, and they'll close out this Golden Turkey Classic. Sal, before we wrap things up on the show, yeah, we got to get to our player award. We Usually we have awards, but no hot hand of the game in this one. Player of the game, thanks to Keith Southwest, Jamal Bienemy in this one, 11 points, 5 of 15. He had 39 minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah, I mean, who else are we going to give it to at this point, right? It was a yeah. tough night for UTEP. No, definitely. You look for somebody who's trying to put the team on their back. It was him. Um, I mean, the effort, uh, it didn't come through in, in terms of it being a win for the Miners, but... I mean, I'm just really excited to see how this team can can grow from this performance. I mean, there's really nothing you can do but look at the film and move on. Yeah. That, that's that's literally it. And before, uh, I'm kind of going to switch it over just a little bit, but I'm doing some research as to why or as to the lowest field goal percentage. And there have been about four games or so that I've seen where the Miners get 50 points or less or around 50 or less, and there's one opponent that consistently had them – around that range but I'll, I'll give you some context it's probably from around like 05 all the way up to i'm currently in 2012 2013 which team out of all the teams that the miners have played do you think has held utep uh to a low offensive scoring and i found one where the miners were worse in that performance mind you and it is against the team i'm mentioning okay uh i have zero clue conference usa uh, I'm going to just guess. I'll just former. throw, I'll throw a th- uh, now former or former conference former, former. Okay. I'm going to throw East Carolina. Nope. SMU. Tol- nope. Tulsa. Tol- Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. So that game itself is going to be the 66 51 win for Tulsa and the Miners uh, field goal percentage 24.6. And we look at today's 
which was 26.3. Now, I just found a game where they lost 45 to 42 against Tulsa. This is probably like the fifth game I found. And they shot 31.4 in that one. Uh, looking at a 45 to 39 loss uh, by the Miners uh, to Southern Miss. And yeah, 30%. So I'm still doing research, but I just kind of wanted to uh, to throw that towards you. Yeah, it's a tough one for, for UTEP in, in just in just in terms of uh, this one, the shooting effort. We're still trying to find the the lowest uh, field goal percentage by a minor team. We're having to dig and do some research here. But UTEP ties the program's 11th or uh, fewest points in a game uh, with just 40 tonight. However, most people were thinking, "Wow, I've never seen a uh, bigger, you know, worse offensive performance." Yeah, I guess you don't have uh, ESPN Plus like we do, and and didn't watch UTEP against North Texas last year when they had just 33 <laughs> points. Yeah, I remember. Remember that game? I remember how bad minor talk was after that one, Sal. I remember at the end of the first half, the fan base was completely out. By the time minor talk started with uh, you and me, just nobody was there. I mean, everybody was just so fed up with this team. And UTEP loses to North Texas this year, January fifteenth of this year, and they scored just uh, thirty-three points in that game. So yeah, I was bu- that was a bad one. Yeah, I mean, pick your poison. Yeah, that's bottom line. Uh, going back to Jamal Bienemy, he is our player of the game thanks to Keith Southwest. They be- deliver the best precision metal components for businesses throughout the world, all made here in El Paso. You can learn more about Keith Southwest online today at KeatsSW.com. Turning the page, looking to next game, UTEP takes on Ford A&M, 7 o'clock tip-off out at the Don Haskins Center. Voice of the Miners, John Teicher, along with Steve Yellen, will join you courtside starting at 6.30. Sal, do you think they get a win? You're not going to be with us on Wednesday. You'll be yeah. back in action ne- on Friday. But w- what do you think for this uh, men's basketball team? You know, I think they do get the win. Um, it, it, it might not be another um, pretty performance on offense like tonight. I think it'll be better. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it doesn't take much to be better. Uh, however, I think it'll come down to just being a physical game and the Miners just being able to have that tenacity on defense to really just outlast Florida A&M. So it, it, it'll be a low-scoring game. But I think anybody will be lucky to crack 60, uh, but the defense is what's going to be the key for the Miners. I think UTEP wins as well. I think they get it done against Florida A&M. Uh, I think they bounce back in a big way. I believe in this coaching staff, and I, I like some of the players on this team. If you missed any of Miner talk, you can listen to us, download, subscribe, and uh, rate our podcast. We always appreciate people uh, down downloading it and subscribing it for the first time and uh, we've been getting some good numbers lately so really appreciate everybody listening to us here on minor talk uh that will do it for us here on the show it for sal montes for angel muñoz i'm adrian Bradas saying so long and thanks for listening to minor talk presented by the oscar Arieta agency right here on 600 espn el paso you've been listening to minor talk presented by the oscar Arieta agency Pick up a clear bag at any one of their seven locations across El Paso. If you missed any of Minor Talk, listen to the show on demand by downloading Minor Talk wherever you get your podcasts.